Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What feels like the first real stumble of the 2023-2024 season for the Philadelphia Flyers. More benchings and responses from those benchings. Let's talk about it all right now. This is the Orange and Backcheck Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It is episode 166 of Orange and Backcheck, as always, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook and the Hockey Podcast Network. Use promo code THPN. When signing up, and we hope you had a wonderful Christmas, Kwanzaa, and Hanukkah season, holiday season. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to the 2024 end of the season. And as always, as my books fall in the background, what's going on, Scott Weinhardt? Hey, man. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. Hope it was good. My holiday was great. Um, nice to see some uh, some some good hockey over the last week. I know it's been a little bit. The record hasn't quite been there. But, you know, now that we're getting into the post-December, January, teams are knowing where they really are, and who they're starting to be, and where they are. Uh, it's starting to see a, a nice grind-out game the Flyers had the other day, especially after a tough loss the other night against Columbus. And I was there for Columbus. That So I want to lead off with that one, actually. I know the the West Coast trip was obviously the thing in between the, our last episode and now. But the Columbus one was a, was a frustrating loss in my eyes because – I thought they played well. You obviously jump out to a two nothing lead. You're playing against this sub, sub uh, less than a clearly a lesser team than what you are. Columbus is. We talked about it last episode. They're in a fire sale mode. They're going to be selling off pieces yeah. for parts uh, in a couple of weeks here as we lead up to the trade deadline. You go up to nothing, and then you blow it in a shootout. Like I get that you're coming back. Also, it, it's ridiculous that they come back from a West Coast trip. They had a one travel day, and then they had a game that following day uh, on Friday. It's so or Thursday, whatever it was. Uh, it's so frustrating. Like, and I know uh, the excuse that people try and do. Well, you were short two forwards in Cam Atkinson and Morgan Frost. Listen, Cam Atkinson is not having a great season. Morgan Frost no. is having a very up and down season. Uh, yes. Who responded very well to that benching uh, on Saturday on Ed Snyder legacy game um, on Saturday against Calgary, but you can't lose those games. And especially if you're fighting for a real playoff spot, that game against Columbus cannot happen. Like truly cannot happen, but you're coming off a tough travel coming back from the West coast. Maybe it's a pass, but 
losing that point might come back and bite you in the end. It, it, it's not about a pass. It's about those games are going to happen. It's the National Hockey League. Some nights you're not going to have it. You're not going to have it. Some nights you're not going to play well. Some nights, uh, some nights you're just going to be terrible. You're going to have a game like you did against Edmonton the other night where your goaltender was excellent. But the thing is, is that you you can't score. Um, like, okay, let's take it. Let's let's take it for instance. You want to talk about um, the the game against Columbus? They had the lead in that game. They were they went they were up to they were up. They blew it, and then they wound up coming back. And at least they got the overtime with it. They got the point. I'd be a little more concerned if the team had been losing games without getting those points. But at least they're taking these games to overtime. At least they're losing in shootouts if they're losing. The key is is that this team has not lost more than two in a row in regulation since the end of October, early November. So, yes, they lost back-to-back games in, uh, against Calgary and Edmonton. I get it. You're on a Western road train. Sometimes those things happen. But you do come back and get a point. You, you, yeah, you blew the game a little bit. You blew the lead, but you got a point. And the thing is, at the end of the day, the points are what matters at this point. So, no pun intended. So... And, uh, you know, while that happens, um, I, I'm not I'm not overly concerned about that. Those mm-hmm. games are going to happen where, you know, you a team comes back, a team's battles back. You get an opportunity to get into the shootout and you just you can't get it done because you hit a hot goalie or a goalie who's just playing very well. Yeah. So, you know, and, and in the past, you, you can't. Yeah. And in the past, you kind of looked at the shootout as like, OK, this is an automatic loss. They're not. Get, this is the end. They've been playing. That was Urson's first uh, shootout loss of the season, which is, is shocking yeah. to like just utter and, and see that that is happening. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree in that sense because you're still collecting the point, but, and I wanted to, uh, this was meant to be for last, but I'll, I'll bring it up now. Like the Metropolitan is so tight. Like we're, I'm circling that uh, stadium series game uh, against the devils. That might be one of the most important games, and it just happens to be a national, nationally televised game. That's one of their marquee games go, being in an outdoor uh, game um, in the stadium series. Like, I can't remember the last time there was actual, I get maybe, honestly, the last, the f- one at the link against the Flyers and Penguins that had uh, meaning to it. But then, even then, then the Flyers came up short and missed the playoffs after that, after right. that season. Um, well, I'd th- say the, at the, the time, 2010 Winter Classic. Yeah. The 2010 Winter Classic. That was a big game for them because the Flyers were coming out of that slide and, you know, they're, they got the fenway. That was a big two points for them and get, getting a point out of that. And another one was even 2012 against the Rangers. That was another one where the points really mattered. And the key is, yes, it's a, it's a big venue and a big thing. And I'm, I'm trying to get tickets to go. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm probably, I'm leaning yeah. more towards going than, than, than staying home. But the key is, is that the it is it is going to be a really important divisional game because look, you're absolutely right, and we said this from the beginning of this of the season is that this division is going to be super tight, and it has been super tight. And like for instance, like the Penguins have climbed back into it a little bit. You know, you have where you have climbing back where you know the Islanders are now the first wild card, the Devils are the second wild card. You know, kind of, you know the the Flyers are only are eight points back from the from the Rangers and and three from the Hurricanes. So um yeah it's um it it's certainly it's certainly tight and uh it, I'm excited to see what happens here. I I, I totally agree. I, it's one of those things where and that's to the why these Columbus that Columbus game going back to that is frustrating because nowadays or at this point in the season especially I think Money Puck uh who we I've used uh for statistical analytics and all that give the Flyers now a 71% chance of making the playoffs. You have to start considering 
every one of these, not just metropolitan games, but you have to consider every one of these Eastern Conference games as four-point swings because of how tight this is. Like I just mentioned, Devils are right there at 44 points uh, despite having one extra win. And to, to what you were saying about at least they're getting a point in these losses in overtime or the shootout. But the Lightning are three points, at, or excuse me, a point out of a wild card spot. Like, right. these are tight-knit games, and this right. is where the lack of – you have veteran leadership, but you don't have the lack of true talent. TK is on another bender that I don't think we anticipated. He's already at 21 goals through the season, maybe even 22. Right. Um, Five shorthanded, yeah, which is it, amazing. By the way, shorthanded versus power play. My God, it's 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 truly night and day. But these games are going to be vitally important. Obviously, they have Pittsburgh coming up on Monday night. That's a four point game because Pittsburgh's right on their heels, despite being so old, and they're still nipping at. Uh, I think Money Puck had them at a fifty percent chance, right on the line at fifty fifty. Yeah, of making yeah. making the playoffs. I am nervous. The reason I'm very nervous now that that. 71% chance is now dropped. I think it was at as high as 77 around Christmas. The lack of talent and the real veteran leader on this team, despite how what your thoughts are on Mark Stahl from early in the season, the veteran leadership is going to come down to Tortorella and pushing the right buttons to get this team going. I'm not saying I'm waving the red flag. I th- I still am high on the team to make the playoffs now, especially how they've been playing. But with how tight the Eastern Conference is, particularly the Metropolitan, it's not going to be an easy, easy win or easy road to to, to the playoffs. And that that no is scary. no. The, this is where the character of the team is really going to be built because, and I don't I don't agree with you that it's about Tortorella. I think it's more about guys like Sean Couturier. Mm. It's about guys stepping up like Owen oh, Tippett playing an important role. Cam Atkinson finding a way to get off the Schneid and, and get going again, uh, getting back to what he's doing. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot to, to, to say about that. Um, I think that with this team, having these competitive games at this point in the season is, is, is great for them, uh, because of, um, uh, because of how important it is. So they're, they're going to be four point swings. They're going to have it where you're going to have a thing where, you know, the Penguins could be two points out if you blow, if you drop two points against them, but you can spread it with a little bit if you get it because the Penguins have been hot. The Penguins have actually won out of their. Uh, they won. Let's see. They won uh, five or, or sorry, four out of their last six. Really, you know, besides the other night where they lost against Buffalo, they had won four out of five. So they're they're climbing back there a little bit, and that's where this veteran comes up a little bit. If you look at their, their record over the past, you know, the past month, there's a lot more W's than L's. So um, that's uh, that's that's the key thing with that. What also is going to lead this team to the playoffs is the sudden burst in energy that they've gotten from the goalie tandem. I think that's been the highlight of this season and the nice surprise of this season. Uh, but before we get to that, as always, this episode of Orange and Backcheck is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Bet the action on the ice all season long with DraftKings Sportsbook. Like, like I said, you got the Flyers and Penguins coming up. I think you got the Blackhawks later today if you're listening on Sunday. Uh, bet all of it on DraftKings Sportsbook and bet the money line. Download the DraftKings app, Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting $5 on hockey. That's promo code THPN. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. 
Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New Jer- in New York, excuse me, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarked of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. Uh, I cannot think of a time where in Philadelphia Flyers history, where we have said, wow, the goalie is not a huge problem. Um, especially. Uh, don't even remove the word huge. Yeah. The goalie is, is, is a, not a problem. Yeah, is not a problem whatsoever. At all. And the fact that you have two, uh, Carter Hart and uh, Sam Erson, and I didn't even notice this. I mean, it's obviously granted because of how um, this weird illness that Carter Hart was fighting, uh, dating back to when they were out in Seattle on their first West Coast trip uh, with the bad sushi or the bad fish, whatever it was. Then he was dealing with some chronic stuff, which was very odd, um, but part of the gig, uh, it seemed, and they finally got it figured out. So it's a near split even on games played, 13 to 11, both goalies posting over nine uh, 900 save percentages. I The only thing that I keep thinking back to or thinking at this point is one of them is trade bait. Uh, and that's not a bad thing. It's just like when you're a team like the Flyers that are overachieving or achieving, depending on your definition of what your expectations were for this season. Um, that's a natural thing because you, like I just said, they're a team that is lacking talent um, or waiting on talent. And two, they have, there's every report has indicated, despite the success that we've seen, Danny Briere and and Keith Jones are not deviating away from the plan of moving players along. Whether that's Sean Walker, Ristolainen, Carter Hart, or Sam Erson, you're a goalie. You're the goalie of this podcast. What are mm-hmm. like? What is? Is it just Kim Dillonball is getting th- these guys playing to their best ability and like reaping the benefits of that? So it's a it's 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 a two part answer. So you have to remember this. They were very high on Sam Erson beforehand. And now that he's playing, listen, he is a professional. He wants to start. So um, that that is a that's a big deal. So if you look at, for instance, okay, Carter Hart, Carter Hart, this so far this season is. Um, 10, 7, and 3 uh, with a 2.63 and a 9.12 save percentage, okay? A little under the 9.20, um, but if you look at the last five games, 9.17, 8.61, 9.31, 1,838, um, that, that, that's the save percentages. Edmonton was a bit rough game for him, and it was a rough game against, um, what's it called? Uh, what's it called? Uh, at Detroit, but they almost won that game. He's been keeping them in games. He's been don't look at the stats. Look at how what they're doing for the team. Every night, these goaltenders are giving this team an opportunity to win, and that's all you can ask for for your goaltender. This is the tricky part where it comes down to, because now you're talking a split. No one has really grabbed the one raw the role yet because you don't really 
You can't. You're not going to have a, a true starter in the NHL nowadays. You really needed a one A and a one B. There's some guys that with you know exceptions who are just flat out starters in this league. You know, Mark Andre Fleury, Connor Hellebuck. Um, you know, a couple of the guys throughout the league, Jake Ottinger, uh, those elite guys, Jacob Markstrom, th- th- those top level Thatcher Demko, those top level guys are the guys you're going to start every night. And Carter Hart's one of those guys. Here's the piece, though, that people aren't seeing is that there nobody's being handed anything. Carter Hart's now a veteran. So that regardless of what you want to believe or not, yeah, he's a young guy and everything, but he is a veteran. I mean, he will be 26 years old in August. So That's he, he's he's he, we, he's a veteran. We've literally seen this kid grow before our right. eyes because of the right what happened with, after Hextall was fired. Like it's crazy. Exactly. He's five wins away from 100 wins as a flyer. Um, so that, that's, that's, which the, is already, which cements him as one of the best goalies in Flyers history based on wins because of how many goalies that they have had. He's already like sixth, like third, seventh in all time. I think he's fourth. Yeah. He's fourth he all time. Fourth? He's fourth. Oh my God. He's already fourth that's all time. He just passed Steve Mason. Me. He just passed Steve Mason <laughs> and Steve Mason was here for five years. Yeah. So he just passed Steve Mason. So he just passed Mason. And now you're going to go with it where, um, He's played, uh, you know, I think Ron Hex saw like 200 wins, 200 something wins as a flyer. Yeah, so yeah, he's yeah. he's a ways away from that. But now with Carter Hart, you, you have you have some decisions to make because his contract is coming up. And now you have a, where, according to you know, our buddy Anthony Sanfilippo, Anthony Sanfilippo, the Flyers are very, very high on Urson and view him as the, the guy to take him to the next level. You know, so. But at the same time, Carter Hart, when you have a good goaltender like Carter Hart, you're in a situation like Montreal was about a decade ago, a little over a decade ago, with um, Car- with Carey Price and Yaroslav Halak. Now, I can go in and do a whole dissertation and breakdown of which one I prefer. I've seen a lot of improvement out of Carter Hart's game because he's playing with his hands down more. He's playing more of the blocking, the experience factors, a lot of that. Sam Merson is very, very good in tight um, in your know, position because he's low, he's wide, he takes up a lot of net down low. His positioning down low is fantastic. That's why you bar- rarely ever see him get beat in tight, which is why one of the reasons he's, he's so good in shootouts. I have a little concern just right where he needs to improve. Uh, shots from afar usually can can uh, can evade Urson because of the way he plays. Um, he needs to get better there. But Carter Hart used to have problems underneath under his arms, but they seem to be addressed. This is the issue that I'm going to I think the Flyers are really going to have to ask themselves. Yes, Sam Erson is playing. I would say, honestly, if you look at his game log, if you look at his stats game by game, if you take out the first three games, because his save percentage for the season is 904. Mm-hmm. OK, it, it doesn't seem that crazy. But look at over the last one, two, three, four, five, six games. OK, over the last six games, he posted a shutout. On December 16th against Detroit. So that's a 1,000 save percentage. Then a 923, a 900, a 947, a 906, and a 929. Those are elite numbers. Okay. Those are, uh, those are, and one of them was a loss. And the 906 was still a loss against Calgary, and he still played very well. Carter Hart, if you look at his game log, now he's had some things there where Urson's had a chance to play with that. And because of, um, because of the illness he's had and stuff like that. Carter Hart still had excellent numbers. If you look back from December 4th, he had a 9.69, a 9.62, a 9.47, 8.38 against Detroit, which he almost won that game, a 1,000, which is a shutout against Vancouver, and then um, a 9.31, 8.61 against uh, um, 
uh, Edmonton and a 9-17 yesterday against Calgary. So those are also uh, elite numbers, okay? You you basically have two goaltenders as of right now who are po- who are playing at an elite level because you have two guys who are pushing each other for starts. Carter Hart a little bit because it was the injury and sickness and stuff like that. But Sam Erson's been there, and he's been ever since after he got over that hump of those first three games. They stuck with him. They didn't panic. He kept going. And now you have a, you're you're in a great position. It's a great problem to have to have two two good goalies. Yeah. And now with Carter Hart, because you have Erson locked up, I believe for I believe two more years. But Carter Hart, after this season, is an RFA, is a restricted free agent, and he's gonna he's gonna tender for a pretty decent offer. So now that he's getting he's gonna be twenty six, he's one year away from UFA. So the question is going to come down to this is because the way the cap is going to be changing after next season, is he going to want a short-term deal or are you going to have him set up for a long-term deal? This is a very precarious situation for the Flyers right now because you really have to think of the future here. Is Carter Hart going to be the guy that you want in goal when this team is ready to compete for a Stanley Cup or Sam Erson, that guy? And the reason why is that when, when do you think it's going to be? Because if you think it's going to be three years down the line, you might want to think Carter Hart. Because I'll tell you what, there's a lot of teams right now that will pony up a lot of assets for a guy like Sam Erson, a younger guy. He's only 23 years old. There are a lot of teams will pony up for that because that's – listen, there's – I'm sorry, he's 24. He just turned 24. There, there's a lot of teams that will pony up for a 24-year-old goaltender that's playing at an elite level right now, and you can get a lot of assets for that. You could talk about Carter Hart to Edmonton or with the whole Hockey Canada thing that happened. You know, there's some questions there, but you could talk to Edmonton. But then it comes down to assets. What could Edmonton offer you that's really worth it? Not just a first-round draft. Carter Hart, a, a good goaltender, a great starting goaltender, an elite starting goaltender with those numbers in the NHL, commands a lot, a lot of honestly, assets. Honestly, because Carter is an RFA this coming off season. Unless something blows you away at the trade deadline this season, this particular season, honestly, I don't think they're in a rush to move either of these guys. Not just because of uh, Sam be- Sam Erson being under contract for the next three years because he's on an ELC, but like you're not in a rush because why would you be in a rush? You're not in a situation where either goalie has – st- like the stats are elite as you just said. But neither of us, I would say, neither of them has established as a true number one starter. Like you said, they're number one and number one A and one B. Ideally, I would not be shocked if, like, the, let's just see how the offseason plays out. Let Carter Hart become an RFA. And if someone like Edmonton says, gives him a qualifying offer, then you recoup X amount of draft picks, first round draft picks under the CBA of. The, the 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 flyers or under the the CBA the the RFA rules and a team that wants draft picks let them go like I think that might be what they're looking at like yeah like you said it's not just about draft what what you want draft picks but you would get quite a few over the next couple yeah, of seasons you you would you would get I believe it's it's five first round draft picks mm-hmm. for a um it's a, for an RFA it all um, it all depends uh, I always forget like what the qualifying it, it comes down to numbers and years like like it because the Flyers it, back in the day when they made that monster uh, qualifying offer to Shea Weber 
Uh, right. It was like seven first round picks or six first round. It was something absurd. Uh, and obviously Nashville matched it and that was the end of it. But um, obviously that's the biggest one that comes to mind because that was monstrous. Absolutely monstrous. No, I, I, the, well, they, the, well, if you want to go back and, and kind of reminisce the Shea Weber deal, the idea was that the the they tried to work out a trade in the background. Mm-hmm. So they were going to sign Shea Weber to that 14-year, $110 million deal, wherever it was. Um, shame he was never a flyer. He was born to be a flyer, Shea Weber. Um, but with with that, they tried to the, – the whole idea was was that they were trying to trade the, – the, Nashville wanted Braden and Luke Shen. The Flyers weren't willing to give it up at that time. At that point, yeah. You, you, hindsight yeah, yeah, should have been hindsight, an easy, you're like, like a heartbeat, done. man. Absolutely heartbeat. done. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. A heartbeat. would have done it a heartbeat. But um, at the time, they didn't want to give that much up for that because, again, you you are giving up a lot of cap space, and that was part of it as well. Um, but the the key is is that if if you look at this, um, you need to um, you need to what's it called? You need to kind of you know that that that, that was the whole deal that why that didn't quite work out. The thing is though is that really the how they work out with the offer sheets is that they they consigned the offer sheet. Like if Carter Hart signed an offer sheet with Edmonton, it would really come down to the annual average annual value. So like, for instance, like if it's like anywhere from like, you know, roughly, you know, it's going to be right for, if for Carter Hart to do that. It's going to be a high, a high number. The question is Edmonton's already got problems. Is goaltender enough of what it's goaltending going to solve what they need? No, they have problems. They, they have the Barry Jack Campbell's contract in the AHL. Stuart Skinner, they're big on, and you know, he's the guy who's been holding their, holding them over water, above water. Are you going to sign him and throw Carter Hart six and a half million dollars? Because then you have to give up a second, a first, second, a third round pick, and then anything over ten million is uh, is is, is the four first round picks. Right. So the Flyers are looking and say, is that the value that we want for Carter Hart? So that's that's the key. What's more, what's more value? Having him under contract or having him getting a first, second, and third? Because I think don't think that's enough value for a starting goaltender in the NHL, an elite starting goaltender in the NHL. So um, if you look at, for instance. Now, Sam Erson, Sam Erson's got a contract where he's got the extension for two years, 24, 25, 25, 26, where um, it's uh, his annual value is, um, sorry, is, uh, like 1.45. Yeah, 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 a million and a half. Yeah. That's backup money. Yeah, so my, Right, but that's when the cap also is going to be changing. I think the Flyers have a very, very good, because he's also going to be in, in, ELC, in ELC, so he'll be four, so he won't even be close to where he's going to get the UFA status. Because you need seven, seven accumulated years. With Carter Hart, he's one year away from that. You're going to have to buy out a lot of UFA years, so he's going to demand him a lot of money on the cap. There's a lot of questions. It's not so much just having the goaltender. It's it's having that. Okay, they trust Sam Erson. Sam Erson is proving himself so far, but it's a small sample size because you don't want to run in the situation where you think that you're ready to compete. And next thing you know, you're taking a step back like Carter Hart did in, in 2021 and 2122. Yeah. And it wasn't just the team was bad. It's that Carter Hart himself took a step back. Right. So that's the key that people need to figure but, out. Is see, that- this is where I actually lean towards ride it out with Carter Hart because of what he bounced back from after that season. Like, I remember us talking about it like. Is this a huge concern? Obviously, there was no Sam Urson to talk about. We were still, we, honestly, we were still anticipating. Ivan Fedotov to come over before that mm-hmm. whole fiasco uh, mm-hmm. occurred. So, like, the fact that he bounced back from that, you know he has 
he was a veteran before he was a veteran, basically. He had the mindset. He had the sports psychologist and all that that we've talked about endlessly till the cows come home. Like, why I lean, despite how well Sam Erson is playing, I lean towards you sign Carter Hart, see what happens. The problem is you don't know what Carter Hart is thinking. And we've said it time and time again, every time we have this discussion, we also don't know what the F is going on with Hockey Canada. And despite what we've been continuously told of it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it hasn't come. And it's really frustrating because I'm sure in on the inside, players know. I tend to think that Carter Hart's in the clear on this because I think something would have come out at this point. But you never know until something is out there. You, I think you, it, I think this is a clear-cut sign of sign them three, four years, see what happens, try and get it as team-friendly as possible, especially with that cap going up uh, in the next couple of seasons. And if you realize that he's not the guy and Sam Erson continues to develop over these next two years in his ELC contract, then he becomes trade bait because Carter Hart is a wanted commodity out there. Like, even if he plays less than what he is now, someone is going to take him. And it's just a matter of who. So, I don't know. Like, maybe it's Homerism bias. Maybe it's just watching how uh, this kid has taken the reins of being the Flyers goalie by storm since he was called up in December of uh, 18, I believe, or maybe it was 19. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I, I... I just have this thing for Carter Hart where I just want to see him be the second or third guy being handed the the the, the cup by Scott Lawton uh, at, at the end of this this whole rebuild. So I don't know. Maybe that's just me being biased and and all that. No, but. I because Bill, I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I'm in the same boat. I, I think that letting go Carter Hart because here's what teams are gonna let me, let me take a step back before before I go into my argument here. Teams are going to take a look at this from a perspective of what's his what's his value. He's going to be around Connor Hellebach money. So, like, if you're looking at this, I got to look at Connor Hellebuck's contract. So, if you look at Connor Hellebuck, his uh, his contract, um, he signed a seven year contract, eight point five million dollars a season. So that's going to put them in the range of, for instance, if like Edmonton does that. Edmonton doesn't have the assets to do that. So, like, if they sign him to an offer sheet at eight and a half million dollars. Um, they don't have a first, second, and third. The league is going to look at Carter Hart. Okay, okay, you're looking at a first, second, and third round pick. Okay, that's what the league is looking at. That, but teams really know when you start negotiating against each other. That's the starting point. Like you know, teams are going to say like, "Yeah, we'll pony up more. We need a goalie. This we think we're close. We need a goalie to get us over the top. This is what it, we think. This is the guy that's going to do it. They're going to they're going to pony up a little bit more. They're not going to blow their roster up, but they will give up a lot of future assets. And if they blow it all in one player, and guess what? They wind up. Um, you know, uh, they 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 hit they hit one too many and they have to fold and they go back down to the tank and that benefits the Flyers. But you can't gamble on that. So that's one perspective. Saying okay, it's a gamble to say what if, what could be, and we know what we have now. The flip side of this is the argument I'm I I further believe is that the Flyers have a twenty five year old goaltender. They have a 25-year-old goaltender that's elite, 26. Most goalies don't even hit their prime until, like, they're 26, 27, 28. 
and they have usually a four or five year run where they're at the top of their game. Carter Hart's right around the road from that, and we might be seeing the start of it now. We might be seeing the start where he's starting to really hit his stride in the elite piece of his game. If I'm the Flyers, I'm locking him up. I'm locking him up long term. I'm locking him up to a seven-year deal, eight-year deal. I'm locking him up to an eight-year deal because here's the key. If you lock him up to an eight-year deal now, he's out of it at 33-34, okay? So you're not talking about late 30s deal or something. You're talking about, okay, at that point, he's probably on the back nine. Now, I think that with Carter Hart, you've developed, you've spent a lot of time on this goaltender, this goaltender familiar. You know what he does. You know what he's capable of. My only concern about Carter Hart is just like we've seen recently, the illness, the injuries and stuff like that. You always have that there. So you have to have something, a plan B. Now you can go get another goaltender and you have, you have plenty of goaltenders in your system. So that's the thing is like, you know, you have have, uh, Connor Bjornsson. You're going to have a lot of these guys. They believe in Sam Erson, but there's going to be a team that's going to pony up for a guy like Sam Erson because he's younger and say, hey, look, we we, want to gamble on this guy. We've seen what he can do. He's a lot cheaper for us. We'll give you a lot more because of the cap implications and, and cheaper for that. I don't want to tie up the whole car, the the whole um, the whole cap on Carter Hart, but I think when it comes to goaltending, and again, I will say this simply because I'm a goaltender, I am completely biased. But there is there's legit legitimate argument too. When you have a legitimate goaltender that is elite, they are harder to find the top line elite centers. They are harder to find because there's a lot of average and below average goaltending in the league, and there's a lot of flashes in the pans. Carter Hart is not a flash in the pan. Carter Hart is an elite NHL goaltender. Okay borderline elite NHL goaltender. If people don't believe he is, he's very, very close to becoming that and will be in the next couple of years if he hasn't already from what we've seen. And he has a guy pushing him from behind for starts. And that's going to be a big deal because he's going to, it's going to drive him even further. Like, I want to be here. I want to do it. I want to that contract. sharpens yep. iron. That's really Bingo. what it comes down to. Yep. That's yeah. truly what it comes down to in this scenario. Lock him up, man. Lock him up. Uh, don't lose a don't lose a goaltender. Don't make the mistake. Don't trade yeah. away another Sergei Bobrovsky. Don't get rid of another yes. Sergei Bobrovsky. Get the prime out of it. Use those years. Get his prime years. Yeah. You've gone through the struggles. Now reap the Utilize rewards. Him. Don't don't waste right. this just because you have assets to don't trade just to trade, basically. Unless something absolutely blows you away where you're not just getting picks, you're getting substantial established players that you also have to factor in. They have to be a player that you know will buy into the tort system. And that is also the huge factor because at this point, you have to factor that in. You don't know how long torts has. He has already said in his uh, introductory press conference, this is it for him. No matter what the case is, whether he's let go, retires, whatever, this is it. So you have to factor that in. So this is a rare instance on the Orange Back Jet podcast where we're pretty much in lockstep on where right. they have to go yeah. for the uh, for the for the future of the Flyers, especially at the goalie, which is a very uh, obviously important thing. Uh, before we wrap, I, I want to hit. I, oh, go ahead. And I was saying, and here's the thing too that people don't realize, and fans can look at this and say, "Oh yeah, well, you know, Sam Merson's pretty good. He he's playing elite too. Why why can't we just go with Sam Merson?" There's two factors to that. First of all. And this is not a slight against Sam Merson, so please don't say what I'm about to say this. I don't trust Sam Merson yet. I don't trust him. Right. I have not seen enough of Sam Merson. And what I mean by enough is that people and the comeback will be, well, why not? He's playing elite. You just said he's playing elite. His numbers have been great. Yes, this is his first full season in the NHL. Let me see this over two, over three years. And I think the benefit the Flyers have here is that Sam Merson is locked up for two more years after that and will still be under team control. So even if it's two years from now, 
And they decide at that point, okay, you know what? Sam Merson, he's coming up on this. You know, he's got a contract, expiring contract. He's RFA. A team can retain his rights. And the cap has gone up. You want to talk about value? You want to talk about value? That Sam Merson will be more valuable in two years from now than right now, especially if you lock up Card Hart. And team will say, oh, you have no choice but to trade him because he doesn't want to play for you. He won't have a choice because he's an RFA. So, and they'll give him a qualifying offer. And with the cap going up, his number will go up and it'll all work out. The pieces that I'm trying to make a point is goaltending is the most critical piece of winning a Stanley Cup. And my, my and look, we, we, we can make an argument. Okay, well, Aiden Hill just won a Stanley Cup. Who was he? Darcy Kemper won the year before that. Who was he? Okay, those were final pieces to the puzzle. Those are teams that didn't have goaltending and, and, and filled pieces in to get there because they had the team to be able to, to, to make up for it. But when you build from back to front, like you did basically in, in Tampa, where you build your goaltending, your defense, and then you had your offense that came later on, that's how you build long-term success. Not a one-and-done kind of – because look at Colorado now. Colorado has Alexander Georgiev and Pavel Francouz. And guess what? They're not doing anything because Georgiev is an average goalie at best. Okay, Look at uh, Vegas. Okay, a- Aiden Hill is a good goalie. All right, I'll admit it now. I was a little lo- low on him. He's good. Aiden Hill is not going to give you the playoff success that you did last year before. Because, I mean, you know, you have Logan Thompson there as well. I, they, they, they're they revolving the door there a little bit. When you have sustainability and you have long-term success, look how – yes, the Montreal Canadiens not win a Stanley Cup. Go back and look how many times the Canadiens have made the playoffs and made deep runs into the playoffs with Carey Price in between the pipes. Okay, How many times did the Rangers do that with Henrik Lundqvist between the pipes? How many times did the Devils do that with Martin Brodeur between the pipes? How many times did the Penguins do that with Marc-Andre Fleury between the pipes? You need a, Tuka, a, a perfect example, a nun who never won as a starter, won as a backup. All right, Tuka Rask. Tuka Rask for the Boston Bruins, okay? Elite, elite. You want to make a comparison to Carter Hart? That's Tuka Rask right there because Tuka Rask is friggin' was a, one of those underrated elite goalies I've ever seen play, okay? But, you know, locally people were on him because he just, oh, man, he can't win it. He can't win the big game. Yep. But how many times they make the playoffs? How many times he carried that team deep in the playoffs? That's where you get sustained success, not one and dones. And if you want one and dones, okay, you can look at the Philadelphia Eagles and Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson back in 2018, okay, where they've been since. They've had a little turnover there. And I'm not comparing apples to oranges, but that's my point. Do you want do you want that? Or do you want sustained success like these other cities have had and teams had for a long time? That's what you're looking for. And that's for. what Danny Breer and, and Keith Jones are building. They're building mm-hmm. sustainability of what uh, we've been missing here in the, for the Flyers particularly and specifically. Yep. So, um, yep. yeah, great episode. I think uh, quick hits that I wanted to cover. Um, one of the best things that the Flyers have leaned into ever since they started the transition last season and then brought in Danny Briere and company. Uh, the What makes the Flyers the Flyers is nights or days like yesterday afternoon on Saturday for the Ed, Ed Snyder legacy game. Didn't mm-hmm. even realize that it was also his birthday. Would have been his 91st birthday. Uh, fans showed out. I was there for the Columbus game on Thursday, like I said. Um, fans are starting to really buy in, um, and that's great to see. And yeah. on days like Saturday where they got out a win, they it was the chippiest game of the season, it felt like. I, I can't remember how. One, it was Calgary, so you don't really anticipate it to be that chippy. Um, fight at the end. Uh, TK with a, <laughs> just an incredible... Incredible line. I forget who the player was on Gallagher. Calgary just going, 
dude, you're a fucking pussy uh, during the, the end of it. Like just a great what felt like Flyers <laughs> hockey again. I love days like uh, Ed Snyder legacy games. Uh, and I hope to continue. They were waving bye to him yesterday. He was waving bye at the end of the game. Yeah. Bye, yeah. guy. Get out of here. See ya. Bye. Yep. Talking trash. Continue to see those kind of games uh, really p- puts the perspective of what Flyers hockey and the organization is was and is. And uh, despite what we've been complaining about, they have readjusted and they've made it. Um, so I can't wait for that uh, to continue and see what goes. And the other thing was, we didn't talk about it because no one gave a shit about it. The Winter Classic was another bust because why are we doing two expansion teams that don't have real fan bases yet? I understand that Vegas is a is a uh, the defending Stanley Cup champions, but no one gives a shit about the Seattle Kraken yet. What are we doing, NHL? Please get your shit together. It was a snooze fest too. It, it was, was the first so shutout in, in Winter Classic. It was a snooze fest. I watched. I watched like I watched. A honestly, and I watched two. I watched two periods of that game, and uh, roughly two periods of that game, and I'm like, "This is just not good hockey." It's no, just like it just wasn't great. It wasn't great hockey. It just wasn't exciting enough. There was a couple saves that were made, but nothing, it, nothing crazy. Yeah. It just went, and that's and that's we've talked about in the past about it being watered down in a little bit. You got to get the, the Winter Classic is the spectacle, the art. I know they want to get it everywhere, but this is the problem when you have on a national stage the two expansion teams. Nobody's going to watch. Yeah. Sorry, you want asses and seats? You put rivalries. T- look at the, for instance, what the NFL is doing tonight. The NFL is putting putting the AFC East division on the line, flexed it to Sunday night between the Bills and the Dolphins. Okay, a rivalry game. And I'll tell you what, I'm not even invested in either of those two teams, and I'm, I'm going to watch it. Do that. Yep. I'll be glued to yeah. it because I'm like, that's a game I want to yeah. watch. Because and I don't even you know, think. I'm, let's see. I'm sure there's a concurrent uh, NHL game at that exact time. Obviously, it's a little different because there's it's. Uh, I believe the Ducks. Ducks and Red Wings. Yeah. Yep. At eight o'clock. Yeah. I'm not watching that. Yeah. So yeah. Ducks and Red Wings. Who gives a crap? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. So that'll be fun. Uh, get your shit together, NHL. We've been asking for this for the better part of four years that we've been doing this podcast, and you still aren't listening. That's fine. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Orange and Back Check podcast. What are your thoughts? Is it Urson or Hart? Hart or Urson? What do you t- What do you think? Orangebackcheck at gmail.com. Make sure you shoot a uh, subscribe, give us a uh, shout out. Uh, let us know your thoughts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or X, whatever you want to call me. Uh, sorry, Elon, I will never call your stupid company X. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and all that good stuff. Orange and Back Check Podcast. Thank you as always. And until next time, go Flyers and go Birds. Yeah, go Birds. <laughs>